Hi, this is Shotgun Tom Kelly, and now that I have your attention, you wanted to be close to him in the dugout during his impressive 15-year Major League career because he was always watching, listening, and looking for an edge. Now, Kurt Bavakwa brings that edge to Dirty Kurt's dugout, where you can listen, watch, and be a part of the most honest, informative baseball show available today. Now, here's Kurt. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Along with producer Joe and Alan, our technical guru, I welcome you to episode five of Dirty Kurt's Dugout. Uh, I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank our title sponsor, uh, Hacienda Casablanca, over in El Cajon, California. If you've never been to El Cajon or driven through it, you have to. If you're coming on the 8 West, you have to drive through El Cajon to get to downtown San Diego to Petco Park. Uh, naturally, people that live out in the Alpine area and areas east of San Diego know about El Cajon. It was the first little town I ever lived in. Yep, it was, because that was where I saw the first lights. And after driving across country, towing a U-Haul, I was ready. I was ready to stop, found a little uh, apartment in El Cajon, and begin my San Diego Padre career here. So I want to welcome you. I want to welcome them, Cindy and Tony, and I thank them for their sponsorship. Uh, If you're ever in the neighborhood out there at 700 uh, North Johnson in El Cajon, if you want some wonderful food food and even better ambiance, I'm not going to guarantee Cindy and Tony's going to come and talk to you at the table because they don't like to bother uh, their guests, but you never know. And even Joe and I. Alan, not so much, although we might invite him over here for uh, one of these shows to do out there. Uh, We will be announcing to you coming up uh, about another watch party that we're going to do out in uh, in El Cajon at Hacienda Casablanca. Joe uh, and I are going to get together and we're going to decide what game to do during the playoffs, being that – the Padres are no longer involved. We had a watch party out there when the Padres began that road trip that basically killed their season uh, to Los Angeles, then on to San Francisco, and then on to St. Louis, if you all remember. Uh, they went 2-8 and eight in that road trip, got swept in St. Louis, which basically put the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, and ended things. Since then... Woo! Has all hell broke loose. And it's not getting any better for Jace Tingler. It's not getting any better for AJ Preller. Uh, it's certainly not getting ready for uh, getting better for any of the players, even though uh, Tatis is still doing his little thing. Uh, Manny just drove in a tying run. And then the Giants making moves like they always do. The Padres are playing the Giants right now, and we're going to keep you updated on that game. But uh, 
the Padres were losing one zip when Tatis got on. Manny drove him in with another clutch Manny hit, uh, which made the score one and one. And the Padres brought in a left-handed pitcher. And instead of – it doesn't even matter what left-handed pitcher. Instead of going with uh, Wade, who is a kid that's having an unbelievable year for the San Francisco Giants, uh, just received the Willie Mack Award uh, a, a game or two ago and uh, is hitting around 270, 280, doing a great job in a leadoff spot in that lineup and filling a hole that they had. Uh, what what does Gabe Kapler do, do? In the sixth inning, he yanks the kid and goes with Slater to pinch hit. Yeah, the Slater to hit the pinch hit three-run homer against the Padres a few games ago. What does he do? Pinch hit homer. Everything the Giants do this year seem to be working, and everything – that the Padres have done at least since the all-star break haven't seemed to work. And with that said, let's go back to the start of the season and let's even go a month and a half or two months into the season. I mean, the San Diego Padres, one of the most talked about teams in baseball, one of the top offenses, pitching staff. Yeah one of the top pitching staffs in baseball. It was being argued. And that that's not taking anything away from the other teams. The Padres had solid arms. I mean, they just got through acquiring uh, a Darvish, a Snell, Musgrove to go along with Lamette and hopefully an approved Chris Paddock. And... They've got a great bullpen, too. So this ball club, going back to, I would say, July 1st or so, maybe a week or two into July, continued to be one of the most talked-about teams in the game of baseball. Have one of the top records. To go along with that, what do they also have? One of the top farm systems in the game. I think I saw somewhere where it's one of the top three farm systems in baseball. Prospects galore. When you have that many good players at the minor league level, trades are made where you're going to involve a lot of those players. You know why that is? It's because only 15, 18% of those players ever make it to the big leagues. So you're gambling, so to speak, with the percentages. And Speaking of percentages and opinions, because, boy, there's a lot of them out there. I really want to hear yours. We, we have the ability now with the technology that we have and the expertise of both Joe and Alan 
on this show to bring you in to the show, which I think is really cool. And I wanted that. That was one of the things that I really wanted to make part of the show because I wanted to include you. And, and I can see uh, right now that Terrence Morgan, my good friend uh, up in Los Angeles, uh, is listening. And uh, I'm pointing him out just to make reference to what I'm talking about. Uh, TM happens to be a great Dodger fan. Uh, you'll never be able to. They're like Siamese twins. You're never going to be able to separate those two entities, Terrence Morgan and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you know what? I love them for it. Do I love the Dodgers? No, not so much. But TM, I'm glad you're watching. Uh, Charlie Silvera is also with us. So come in. If you disagree with anything that I say, let's have it out. Let's talk about it. Um, if I'm able to get to you, uh, and if I see it come up on the screen real quick, uh, and I've also got uh, my producer, Joe, and, uh, and also Alan looking over things so that if I might miss something, um, they've got it covered for me because I don't want to miss anything that comes up that's really important. We're going to keep you updated on the things that are happening in baseball right now. You heard me just talk about the Giant and the Padre game. That's really uh, the only game in a National League, kind of, and, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, it's the only game in a National League that's pure National League uh, that's going on right now that, that matters. I'll get to the other kind of half National League game that, uh, as far as the National League team, it doesn't matter. But the American League team they're playing, it certainly does. And, and that's why I want to wait uh, and put it on the back burner until, uh, until I get to the American League segment of things because the National League portion of it is over and done if the San Francisco Giants win that game today up in San Francisco against the Padres. There's nothing the Los Angeles Dodgers can do who are sitting in a hotel room or the clubhouse in Milwaukee waiting for their game to start watching the San Francisco Giant game because it means everything. They're down to one game. They have two games left. They're down to one. Any combination of a giant win or Dodger loss, and the Dodgers are done, and they have to get ready to play. One of the hottest teams in baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals in a wild card game. A hundred and some wins, and they got a chance to be gone after nine innings. Hey, that's the way they set the game up. That's the way it's going to happen. So the Padres, getting back to them. You add all of those things together, and you've got one of the best teams and one of the best franchises in all of baseball. Since that time, it's been a mess. And you know what? It's getting messier. Because the losses that this team has accumulated over the last few months have been 
you, you couldn't script them out. I mean, the game the other night against the Los Angeles Dodgers where the Dodgers came back and hit four home runs uh, to take the lead in a game that the Padres earlier in the season, it, we would have called it in. The, and the Dodgers would have called it in. Because the Padres had like a 9-2, 9-4 lead. Next thing I know, I mean, I go away and do something, then I go back to the TV and bang, 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 there's three home runs in a row. And we'll get to that. But where does the blame fall for all of this stuff that's going on? I mean, think about that for a second. And if, you, like I said, if you have an opinion, let's hear it. If you're watching live on Facebook or you're watching live on YouTube, the, our YouTube channel, Dirty Kurtz Dugout, you can come in, join the show. I'm going to call you out because not call you out, call you out, but I'm going to call on you and your opinion and we'll discuss it. So everybody's calling. And today it got even worse because of probably the San Diego Union headline in the sports section yesterday that said many players, many, many, not many, many, only one in, want Tingler gone. A.J. Preller's been called out. The injuries have been called out. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with any of it. Any major league club, if you're a fan around the United States or elsewhere, because we have people watching right now from Puerto Rico. We have people watching from the Dominican Republic. Uh, we have people watching from France. Uh, we have people watching from a lot of different places and all over the United States. And there has been times, or many, if you're a diehard fan, that you've called your manager to the carpet on whatever move that they made in a particular game that you were watching during the course of this baseball season. Because that's part of the game. That's what makes the game so much fun. When Bruce Bochy was winning World Series championships up in San Francisco in 10, 12, and 2014, I know a guy that's a great Giant fan up in the San Francisco area that him and I go back years and years and years to when I played in Puerto Rico. He used to call me all the time, what the hell is Bochy doing? making that pitch and change. And this is when they were winning world championships. So it's part of the game, and it's what makes the game so great. Let me tell you what doesn't make the game so great. And I'm going to refer to this report that I just got through reading that I couldn't wait to get home last night because I was up in Los Angeles, in the Orange County area, uh, playing in a – charity uh, golf tournament. 
And that's why we didn't drop the podcast on Thursday. And it's going to be dropped uh, this afternoon, which is Saturday, uh, with up-to-date scores and, and all of that good stuff. So I'm going to let you know where we are with the Toronto game, who's beaten up on the Baltimore Orioles. I, I don't think there's any reason to think that Baltimore is going to come back and win that game against Toronto. Uh, I tell you what, this wild card in the American League is going to get very interesting by the time the night's over. And, and I hope to be able to bring you um, uh, a lot more of a report on that. The Yankees have already lost. Uh, they can't beat Tampa Bay. That's all there is to it. Really. So put your money. Hey, if MLB can do it, I can do it. And when I say MLB, I'm talking about MLB Network. If if they can have a segment in the middle of every afternoon called Better's Eye, better, as in a wager, not Batter's Eye. It's a good takeoff. I love it. They have a segment in the afternoon on MLB Network that gives you odds on certain things. Odds on whether a guy is going to get a base hit or not. That night. Yeah, I swear to you, you got to watch it. I think it's on like it. I want to say 1.30, which is uh, 4.30 Eastern time, if you're there. And you guys can figure out the rest. That's 1.30 Pacific. So if you're in the middle of the United States, one or two hours difference, you can figure it out. Um, but I, I'm telling you, if the Yankees are the wild card team, and they have to play the Rays, put all your money on Tampa Bay Rays because the Yankees can't beat them. I mean, it was ridiculous today. And, and today's not the only day. 19 hits the Rays had against the Yankees. And the Yankees just looked beat when they were playing Tampa Bay. So getting back to the Padres. The, the stuff has hit the fan here in the last couple of days with the report that many players want Tingler gone. Let me tell you how I feel about that. If if I was AJ Pro, I got to grab something to play with it because stuff like this really bugs me. If I'm A.J. Preller or I'm Peter Seidler, which even though it was in the report that possibly some of the players have gone to Seidler, we're going to get to that in a minute. I'd tell the players to get the hell out of my office and go down and play baseball and if you don't like it, I'll tell you what. We'll get together with Jace because we put our heart and soul in the higher in this guy, inexperienced or not. And we can get together and not put your name in the lineup. How do you like that? 
I want to know the reasons that these players are going to the general manager in Jace Tingler or in uh, A.J. Preller or the principal ownership, Peter Seidler. And again, I'm going to go back and say, I don't think that any of the players have knocked on Peter Seidler's door to bitch about the manager because that would take some serious gonads. I can tell you that right now. And I think there's only three guys, maybe four, but the fourth one, I just don't think he would do it. And that's Will Myers. There's only three guys that have the ability to walk up and do it. And those three guys are obvious. It's Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, and Eric Hosmer. They're the only three that can go to Peter Seidler. There might be them and others that would go to A.J. Preller. If those three players go to Peter Seidler and A.J. Preller finds out about it, what do you think that does with that relationship? Oh, you want to go to my boss and not come to me? That's why I don't think that's happened. If, in fact, these players, and I'm, I'm not talking about those three guys, because the names of the players didn't come out, which you really didn't expect them to. But it's not just one or two. We're talking about many. Rumored. It's rumored to be many. Although it said later on in the article that it wasn't an overabundance of players. So it, it went from many to maybe a few. I don't know who those guys are. I can kind of guess if in fact it was number 23 and number 13 and number 30 and if you're not a Padre fan that's Hosmer Tatis and Machado not necessarily in that order you've got a malcontent, you've got a leader, and you've got an immature player with all the ability in the world to become one of the game's great superstars that is still learning how to be a player at the major league level. And also, not bitch and moan, about whose manager is, who's playing next to him on the diamond, if in fact this is happening. And this is all speculation. I mean, there was a report that came out today. And you know what? It doesn't even matter who the national writer was. But I will tell you this. 
the national writer was the same guy, one of the guys that said Max Scherzer was coming to San Diego at the trade deadline. And while I'm pointing that out, we're going to get back to, as a matter of fact, I want to make a note of that because I don't want to leave out the fact that I think that's where all of this stuff or a lot of this stuff started along with the injuries. Trade deadline. So at the trade deadline, as you know, the Padres traded for Adam Frazier, uh, one of the best hitters in all of baseball for this year and a pretty damn good hitter in his own right throughout the course of the years, the few years that he's five or six that he's been around. He was leading all of baseball in hits when he was acquired. And the Padres also got Jace Mersnick, Jake Mersnick. And I want to point this out because this all goes with everything that's gone on with this ball club this year. But people just look at it as, what did he do that for? Doesn't make any sense. What an idiot. He's got to go. Doesn't work that way. So A.J. Preller acquires players because he thinks he might even have been talked into thinking that the Padres, him, were going to get Max Scherzer. At the trade deadline. So he knew that that deal was in the works. If, in fact, he acquires Max Scherzer, you have to know that you're going to give up players. Who those players are remain to be seen. We don't know who was in the conversation, although Hosmer's name was thrown out there. And if Hosmer's name's thrown out there, you replace Eric Hosmer at first base with a Will Myers, which would make room for Adam Frazier or a Jake Cronenworth who that move would make a move or would make room for Adam Frazier at second base. But it still leaves this club without the one thing that they've been missing this whole year. And in my mind, one of the number one things that they have to acquire this winter and that's a number four hitter. This lineup 
has been done and redone. And it's almost like putting 13 names in a hat or 14 every night. I'm not counting a pitcher here. Pitchers said and done. We already know that. It's kind of like putting 14 guys in a hat and drawing out eight and just putting them up on the board and wherever it falls, it falls. You know, I, I know Tatis has never hit eighth or seventh, but he's hit anywhere between one and four. Machado's been between two and four. Will Myers is between three and seven. Uh, Grisham between one and eight. I mean, you've got so many combinations here that there's been no consistency in the San Diego Padre lineup for players to know what's going on. So if these guys are are literally actually going and complaining about Jace Tingler, it's a damn shame. I'll tell you why. Because they're going to the people and they're complaining about Jace Tingler when the person they're complaining to is supplying Jace Tingler with the lineups. What do you think about that? You know what? They know that. So they're not pissed off at Jace Tingler as much as they are pissed off at the constant changes in the lineup. I'll tell you what. I've come to find out and you'll never see this written, that Fernando Tatis was not happy when he came back off the injured list and was put in the outfield. Now, the ball club did that protect him. He was out in the outfield having fun, shagging balls and batting practice every day. And there had to be some kind of conversation with Fernando on when you come back, would you mind going into the outfield? Well, you can't say yes to that. And then two weeks later, go upstairs and bitch about it. So I don't think that's happening or that happened. Did Manny go up and talk about, Hey, You know, Fernando's kind of been acting up and, you know, I realize he's still young and he's my bro, but, you know, we need Jace to step in and say something. And he's not. Did Manny do that? You know what? That's a possibility. That's a good possibility. You know, Charlie Silvera, uh, who is uh, listening on Facebook and watching, um, pointed out that people criticize Dick Williams all the time, especially some of his players. 
Dick Williams is in the Hall of Fame, folks. Now, am I trying to sit here and say Jace Tingler shouldn't get fired? Unfortunately, I think that Jace was in a place at the wrong time. There were so many expectations for this ball club leading into the 2021 season. And it just didn't work out. But when A.J. Preller calls him upstairs into his office to fire him, it's not going to be a good day for A.J. Preller or Jay Stingler. I mean, Larry Rothschild has already been fired. He was the pitching coach that was hired by Slash, A.J. Preller, and and Jay Stingler. And let me let me give you the these are the only numbers I'm gonna throw out at you, besides maybe some one loss records or something. But it, there are some one loss records in here. Before Larry Rothschild got fired, the staff ERA of the San Diego Padres, ERA is earn run average. Runs given up per nine innings. And how it's figured, we'll, we'll have a class someday. But the his the staff ERA, staff ERA was 3.78. That's three and three-quarter runs per game on average given up. And the Padres' record was 69-58. The day Larry Rothschild got fired. He was blamed for the pitching woes and the fact that the ball club wasn't winning because people don't get fired when a ball club wins. That's all there is to it. They don't. So from that time, and this is not funny, although I'm smiling, the stamp because you know why I'm smiling? Because I said Larry Rothschild should have never gotten fired. He was a sacrificial lamb. And now it's been proven. The staff ERA is 518. That's right, five and a quarter runs per game almost. And their record is nine and 24 since Larry Rothschild got fired. So he's sitting home wherever Larry's living, and I hope he's watching the show because shame on them, Larry. You were not the reason that this ball club took a serious dive, a roller coaster dive, and didn't have enough to get up the other side. But Larry Rothschild paid for it, just like Jace Tingler's probably going to pay for it when tomorrow's game is over in San Francisco. If, if they let him go before tomorrow's game is over, it's a damn shame. It, it, it's kind of a shame that with all of the things that are being unfolded and the fact that the front office might be sending down lineup cards, which we all knew, know that all organizations do, but there are managers that have a little more pull 
than others. They'll go over the analytics. Everybody knows that numbers are great. You know what, folks? There was a guy by the name of Whitey Wiedemann in our locker room when I played that had the same information that all the little analytic geeks that the Padres have on their staff are given out of a computer. Whitey Riedelman had the same kind of stuff. He had it in a little book where if a guy got a base hit to right field, he'd write it in blue marker. If it was a fastball, he'd have that written down. So we were there with the analytic curve. It's just being done in a different way. Everybody embraces information. You know what? Tony Gwynn might have been the first one ever to take advantage of technology in baseball and taught his wife, Alicia, how to look at the tape and video when he was on the road and give him information on what he was doing wrong in his at-bats if he felt uncomfortable. So from Tony Gwynn to now, it's been a long time. 1982 was Tony Gwynn's inaugural year. Got his first hit somewhere in the July frame of 1982 against the Philadelphia Phillies to Sid Manji. From then until now, analytics has gone overboard. There's sometimes where too much information is not good. And I think it's gotten to the point, is it going to revert back? I think it has started in some situations. I think as a manager gets more experience, and I'm going to say this about a guy that I'm I'm pretty sure it's happening with, and that's Dave Roberts up in L.A. I think the front office has given him a little more latitude on what he does with the lineup card that they suggest But I think he's got the experience now and has been with the club where he's able to throw in a hunch. Like, don't just purely look at all the numbers. Because, believe it or not, the full picture at times is not in all the numbers. So, Kyle Lundy, Rothschild was a sacrifice for no reason. For no reason. And believes the general manager should go. So, I didn't see any player come out and say, A.J. Preller needs to go. probably because A.J. Preller was just awarded with contract through 2026 by P. 
Peter Seidler, managing partner of the San Diego Ball Club, and to go to Peter Seidler and say, you need to fire his ass, is telling him that you didn't make a very good decision signing this guy. And, you know, that would not be, again, I'm going back to just a couple of guys that have the ability to be able to do that, knowing that they still have some kind of job security because they have contract for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Fernando Tatis did not go to Peter Seidler's office. I can almost guarantee you that. I don't even think Manny Machado did. I don't think any of the players have gone to Peter Seidler's office. I think they've gone to A.J. Preller if they've gone anywhere at all. And they've talked about certain things, like I pointed out a couple of minutes ago, that Manny might have gone up there and talked. And, and I'm not saying that I'm pulling this out of what I think, out of what I'm reading and what I'm hearing. This is my stance on it. It's not gospel. I'm not down at the ballpark every day, hardly at all. And certainly when I'm there, I'm not invited into the locker room or down on the field to put my nose in what some of the beat writers can find out about. And even they, because of COVID, were kind of not able to get to the players for a long period of time. I mean, the announcers couldn't even do it. So there's a lot of speculation. But because of where the Padres are today, and I gotta, I gotta get Joe to give us an update uh, here in a second, or maybe pass on. Let me see uh, if I can get some scores from Joe, uh, because I'd kind of like to know where the Padres are with the Giants, because uh, it's interesting to me, and it's not that I want to see the Padres lose, because I really don't, but. I don't, I don't really want to see the Padres beat the Giants and have the Dodgers win the National League West. Uh, I mean, it it would be a shame if that happened two consecutive days and the, and the Dodgers win uh, two games uh, because, you know, it could happen. I mean, this is a crazy game. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of that uh, still in the game today. You saw what happened with the uh, – the St. Louis Cardinals, when they went on that 17-game uh, winning streak that they went on. I mean, it, it was absolutely crazy that a team in the position that they were in could win 17 games in a row and just basically throw the Padres, the Reds, and the Phillies, and, and or the Braves, and it turned out to be the Phillies, uh, out of the wild card picture. Uh, the Padres are tied at 2-2 on a, on a Machado sack fly. So Manny's got both RBIs today. Uh, folks, 
I'm going to tell you something right now. Manny Machado's the leader in this clubhouse. It's not Eric Hosmer. And if anything, even though I think he's liked by the players, if there's a guy that might be a malcontent, it might be him. I'm wondering about as my Husky walks by to say hello. Don't ask me. I don't know where he came from, but he's decided to join the show, and he's now in Dirty Kurt's dugout, which I welcome you all to. Uh, brought to you by Hacienda Casablanca in El Cajon, California. Uh, thank you for that, Joe. What's going on with the uh, um, – Baltimore in Toronto. That game's over. I mean, it was over score-wise, but Toronto scored three in the three in the first, three in the second, and one in the third. Then they got blank for the fourth inning. And they scored another three in the fifth. So, uh, yeah, it's ten to one. So that game's virtually over. Um, Baltimore's not going to come back and win that game. And the Yankees losing, they got a half a game lead over the Red Sox, who that's another game, Joe, that's going on right now. How I gotta I gotta ask the commissioner's office something. And for anybody that has an in there, give them a call and ask them what the hell is going on with an American League club playing a National League team. the last three games of the season where there's a good chance that those three games are really going to be meaningful like they are for the Red Sox, not for this nationals. I almost said senators. I mean, how can the scheduling committee put an American league team that's played with the DH all year into a National League city where they're going to have to have their pitcher hit. It, it's just not a fair scenario. It really isn't. I'm not a big Red Sox fan. I mean, whoever wins the American League East, I'm, I'm all for it. Whoever wins the wild card game or the wild card, I'm all for it. I don't have a dog in the fight there. The fight that I have is how can you schedule that knowing that that possibility could happen? And it doesn't matter if it's the Red Sox or the Yankees or any other team. They shouldn't be playing a National League team the last three games of the season. When it could mean something. So getting back to the Padres, the one thing we've left out of this scenario is are we going to blame Preller? Are we going to blame Tingler? There's plenty of blame to go around. Or are we going to blame the guys that are going upstairs reportedly and that are written a check every two weeks to go out on the field and win baseball games. 
Where's the blame gone there? Where's the blame on guys that continually fail to lay down a sacrifice bunt? And I'm 95% talking about pitchers. I know it's not my job. No, it is your job. It is your job to give yourself a lead in the first inning or second inning or third inning. You're not going to come to the plate in the first inning. But if you did, it is your job to get a sacrifice bunt down to advance runners for the chance that the guys behind you can drive those runs in. And the Padres are just terrible, along with a lot of other teams. But then there are some guys that are really good at it. And you can you see who it is in their technique. You know who I blame there? I blame baseball. They've taken the bat out of the hands of pitchers when they're 14, 15, 16 years old. And if a guy decides that at that time he wants to be a professional pitcher, that bat is taken from him. Unless he's good enough to be a designated hitter like Otani on the days that he's not pitching. And there are guys like that around, but they're far and few between. So with that said, learn how to bunt. And organizations need to get this through their farm system. If, if, I, if I thought for a minute that Sam Ganey, who was also recently fired by the Padres, who was the farm director, yeah, the same farm director that had one of the best farm systems in the whole game of baseball, he got fired. How can Larry Rothschild and Sam Ganey get fired from an organization that started off the season and well into the season having one of the best organizations in baseball? How in the hell does that happen? How can it happen? Did we see a little bit of it in the dugout with Machado getting into Tatis's face? Have we not looked into the immaturity of Fernando Tatis, who, when you watch him play baseball and watch him perform, there's no immaturity at all. But I'm going to tell you something. Manny Machado got in his face for a reason. And even though you watch these guys kind of kid about it the next day, when they had their little preemptive press conference where Fernando was holding the glove up to his mouth laughing or to hide his laugh, 
that really didn't make for a good look. But Manny Machado got in his face. And from what everybody took away from what Manny said, it was in regards to Fernando growing up. And it wasn't all about him. You know what? That could have been part of the problem this year in the dugout, in the clubhouse. Eric Hosmer could have become part of the problem. When all of a sudden, he was one of the players in the conversation that was going to be gone at the trading deadline if they could get a club to eat some of his contract. Going back to what I said earlier, and then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let myself go, and then we'll continue this conversation because the fan is going to continue to run, and stuff's going to continue to hit it in the next few days. But going back to the Adam Frazier and the acquiring of Jake Marisnik, A.J. Preller, folks, is not stupid. Is he a control freak? I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I know he wants to learn everything he can possibly learn about individuals in the game. His ears are always open. Is he stupid? No. He's far from being stupid. He didn't go out and get Adam Frazier and Marisnik to sit on the bench some of the time and give Jake Tingler additional issues. And when I say additional issues, when you put out a lineup every day, you as the manager are to blame for that lineup. I know Jace Tingler sat in front of us and said that it was 100% his decision to fire Larry Rothschild. Folks, don't believe that for one minute. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He took the blame just like he sat in front of the mic in his post-game press conferences and takes the blame for the half-assed play of this ball club at times when now we're starting to find out what I figured three months ago and that I wonder how good the chemistry is with this ball club. Well, it turned out that it might not be so good. Trade deadline. It was announced by the same guy that said Jace Tingler has been fired just today. As the manager of the San Diego Padres, the Padres have decided that Jace Tingler is going to be fired. This is the same guy that made the declaration on social media through Twitter that the Padres were acquiring Max Scherzer. So Jace Tingler might get fired, but this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. At least 
some of the time. So the jury is still out as far as I'm concerned until I find out whether or not that lineup is sent down to Jace Tingler every night, whether or not Jace Tingler has any control over what that lineup is. I certainly hope he does because if Peter Seidler thinks that this ball club is going to go out and be able to sign a Bruce Bochy or a Buck Showalter as a manager, knowing that they're not going to have complete 100% control with some exceptions. You sit down, you talk to our analytics team, which I think is fine. The more people that can sit and give me information and give me numbers, I'm all for it. But then let me do what those with those numbers what I do best. And that's field the best team to, that's going to give us the best chance of winning the baseball game that night. That's what I want. I want to thank Hacienda Casablanca. If you're in El Cajon between now and the next show, which is going to be next Thursday, go to 700 North Johnson in El Cajon and see Cindy and Tony because they got good food and it's good atmosphere and they're good people. Uh, if you want to watch this show, rewatch it, tell people about it, go to Spotify. We're on iTunes like we are right now, Facebook Live, Stitcher, all of those places that you can find great podcasts uh, because you are a part of it and we appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, I can't thank uh, Joe Nelson enough, uh, producer Joe and Alan, our technical guy. So, uh, until we get together next time, Joe, one of the, uh, I'm going to go back and look at a note that you can send me, or you can come right on if you want to. Uh, what happened in the Toronto Boston, Toronto Baltimore game is over, right? Yep. 10 to one Toronto took it. Okay. So there's a couple of games. The Mariners are hosting the angels up in Anaheim tonight last night another thing that's wrong with the game i mean the mariners had men on first and third in the seventh inning and could not get a run across you know why because the next three hitters didn't make contact it's not just the padres folks it's the way a lot of organizations in major league baseball play this game and teach their players how to play the game because it's all about the long ball it's all about two things. When major league scouts and professional scouts go and look at players nowadays, it's all about whether they can throw 95, whether they can hit the ball out of the ballpark. That's it. I mean, it's a shame that that's what it's come down to, but that's what it is. So the Mariners are playing again tonight. I mean, there's some crazy stuff that could happen in the American League. And 
it it the Red Sox are playing Washington. That game is over, Joe. Did you see nope, that game? I got, um, no, I got bottom of the eighth. Red Sox are still ahead, one nothing. So if the Red Sox win that game, they're tied with the Yankees for the wild card game. If or wild card, if the Mariners win tonight in Anaheim, they're also tied. And Toronto beat up on uh, on Baltimore. So these teams are within an eyelash of wild card games and going into now. Again, it's just a wild card. And trust me, the wild card is going to be adjusted after this year because if the Dodgers go down to the St. Louis Cardinals in the wild card game, Major League Baseball will be meeting the day after that game is over on what are we going to do? Because there'll be so much hell to pay coming from the ownership in Los Angeles about two teams winning 105 games or around that, and one of them only getting in one game into the postseason, it's not going to be pretty. And you know what? They kind of got a point. I wouldn't want any team that I rooted for or any team that I was a fan of uh, going down in a wild card game because, you know, anything can happen. So for the good folks at Hacienda Casablanca, for Joe Nelson, producer Joe, and for Alan, our technical guru, I'm Kurt Bavacqua. I want to thank you for tuning in to Dirty Kurt's Dugout. Uh, we will keep you updated on everything that's happening, not only in baseball, but also uh, through the San Diego Padre ordeal and how everything kind of comes into play. Uh, with what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to waste what much time. I mean, I don't think that they can. I think we're going to heal really soon on whether or not Jace Tingler is going to leave or not. Uh, it kind of looks like he is. But then, who's going to take his place? That is really going to be interesting. And for that, I will leave you with it, and we'll talk about it next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>